What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a unique individual. It's a good buddy of mine. He's a health, fitness, nutrition expert, and TV host. He is the author of 365 Health and Fitness Hacks That Could Save Your Life and the host of the Fad or Future podcast. Please help me welcome the one and only, the man who's done it all, Joey Thurman. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a special guest and a friend of mine. If you haven't seen him on social media, killing it. If you haven't seen him on TV, killing it. This guy's everywhere. This guy's a legend in the fitness field. Welcome, brother, Joey Thurman. Well, you know, that's a good intro. I used to be everywhere. Now I can't really be anywhere. So I, I'm everywhere online and just doing throwbacks and flashbacks to when I was on TV. Yeah, we were kind of touching upon that uh, before before we went live. So why don't we just kind of continue that conversation? How's that transition been for you? You are kind of mentioning, uh, you know, getting all your clients to use up all of their in-person sessions and then, you know, shifting fully onto the online platform. So, you know, kind of tell everyone who's listening, going to be watching this on YouTube, like how was that transition been, or how has that transition been for you? And, and how do you see the outlook of, of what you're going to be doing moving forward? Yeah. You know, it was, I've been training since 2006, grew up doing all sorts of sports, played hockey through college. So that's kind of where, uh, you know, the fitness came from. And then, um, 2006, I packed up my yellow Mustang convertible. Yeah. Hey. It, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was yellow. It was, <laughs> it was something else. And, um, moved from St. Louis to Chicago and started training people and been training ever since and grinding it out, you know, working 60, 80 hours a week, plus doing 40 to 50 personal training sessions per week. Yep. Dude, still uh, got you know, some it, of those days. <laughs> it's it's a lot, uh, you know. Then I trained for um, a corporate gym for a while, then went on my own for several years. Wrote a book, and then started doing local and national TV. Um, and I always thought that I would maintain training in some capacity, and eventually just kind of phase it out, where maybe I just do mornings. But with COVID and everything now in 2020. I decided to assess things when I was forced to not train anybody. I was doing some FaceTime training and online coaching too. But when you go from doing 10 to 14 training sessions a day at 150 to $200 a session, and in Chicago, that is crazy price. And then you go yeah, from like losing- the same thing here. So it's, it's pretty crazy. high. Yeah. yeah. If I was to go to New York or LA, I'd be charging oh, three to money, 500, money, you know, yeah, yeah, easy. But you'd be paying 150 bucks for that in Texas. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be, yeah. yeah, I'd be paying for that. Yeah. But so it was kind of one of those things where for two weeks, I tell you what, like I, I was, I, I struggled with depression. I even did like a whole Ted talk on it and social media and all that kind of crap. And for a couple of weeks when this happened, I thought, what the hell am I going to do? Like, what was me? All that sort of shit. And I was like, all right, how do I get out of this funk? And I realized, let me have my depression. Let me go through whatever the hell I need to go through and feel bad about myself, go through that. And then realize like, how can I make a change? So then that's when my wife and I had a conversation. She's like, you've wanted to get out of training for a long time. Cause you're always doing TV podcasts, hosting, whatever is how I met Anthony and like that traveling once, twice a month to all over the country like, how do I get out of this? My clients were already kind of used to me not training them because, you know, gym was closed down. So I just decided to tear the bandit off, say, Hey, I'm going to come back to training for four weeks, only outside. I trained them as much as I could. Some stayed online. Some I gave to, you know, other trainer friends of mine and took some referral fees from that. But, you know, now I take this off as an opportunity just to kind of pursue all the things that I was just dabbling in. Because you can't do it all at once, no matter what That's anybody right. says. So I just, I, I, ha I had to rip the bandit off. As I was saying, we sold our condo in downtown Chicago. I haven't seen my family in over a month. I'm self-quarantined quarantining right now because I went to Wisconsin to film my own custom map, which will hopefully come out in three months. Congrats. So I was, in a pl I was in a place, thanks guys, where there was you know, more people and I wanted to make sure I'm safe. So my father-in-law is high risk and I obviously don't want my kid to get COVID. 
Uh, so like, okay, I'm going to quarantine for two weeks, then I'll go. And then a week later, we're going to close. And then maybe I'll, you know, buy a house in the suburbs. Maybe I'll build a gym in the garage or basement. And maybe I'll get back at training people in person. But right now, like we have to shift and we have to adapt in our lives. And I think 2020, you know, and whatever, whatever fucking level of Jumanji we're in right now, because like there's something else like every time. I haven't every heard time. that one, Jumanji. I wake up every day just like, all right, here we go. Roll the dice. What am I going to, what am I going to say on Twitter? Yeah, is it murder hornets? Is it riots? Is it what is it? Murder yeah. hornets. Uh, yeah, that went by quick though, didn't it? That went by real fast. Where the hell? Where the hell did those go? They I were here. Uh, we haven't talked about any murder hornets. No, we haven't podcast. talked about those. So yeah, it's it's kind of. I just decided to leap because fortunately, I'll be crashing with my in laws and I'll, I'll make a good amount of money on the condo and we'll have that money in the bank. So I won't. Oh, it's a positive. Really, you know, yeah, I think so. I, I I have that opportunity. I won't. And I've got some money coming in from the podcast and uh, Fatter Future and Pod Course that just came out and all sorts of awesome. different stuff. But it's nowhere near what I was making. Of course, you know, nowhere near at all. So, you know, I just had to uh, I had to make that shift, and that's kind of uh, where I'm at now. Has it been? Uh, I mean, you talked about dabbling in all these different areas, right? How has it been mentally for you to kind of? you know, now focus on some of these things that have been taking up some of your attention, but not enough of your attention where like you can really see the return from it. So how does that feel now for you mentally kind of maybe having a little more clarity, uh, being able to, you know, really streamline the, the, the struct infrastructure and the processes, uh, to run these other, other businesses that you've been starting, you know, how has that been kind of being able to kind of settle into all that? Yeah. You know, I, I thought I would, and any of my clients listening, I love you guys. But I, I thought that I would miss the in-person training so much more. And maybe months down the road, I will. Because, you know, it's nice because you, you get different conversations, dealing with different people. And then, you know, I'm not just training one type of person. I might yeah. train a movie star one day versus a professional athlete versus a WWE diva. So my days were completely different. Or somebody that had their foot chopped off and reattached, which actually happened. You know, so like my days were different and that I think that's what I'm going to miss. And I miss that conversation. But for me, having a focus now and not necessarily having a job where I'm bringing in a ton of money at the moment, uh, I think that focus has really just given me a sense of purpose and calm where normally I used to be like, okay, I got to get up. I got a client at 5 a.m. and I'm going to the gym and training four or five people. I got to get my workout in. I got to go see my son. I got to make time for my wife, give her a relief so she can go for a run and do this and get on a podcast and, do, and then fly to New York or wherever. And I was doing that for years. And once I just took that big roadblock out, uh, it really gave me just this sense of calm. And it was, I wasn't expecting it. I think we could definitely agree that, and we've, we had a few conversations, you know, throughout COVID, a few phone calls. And I think we could definitely agree that this has definitely been a period, um, of being able to just as well, sit back and, and see what's going on in ourselves and our lives, be able to analyze and create awareness. Um, you know, for those who of course took advantage of this, who's been taking advantage of this time to create awareness for themselves, and, you know, see things like, for example, in your experience, you know, seeing that this could this was probably a, an opportunity for you to make you realize, well, this is the moment that can get me out of some of the things that I've probably been saying I want to get out for a while. Mm -hmm. And you would have not done it if it wasn't for this, you yep. know, and I have to say the same thing. Like if it wasn't for this, even though I was already slowly transitioning and I've been saying I want to transition out and I've been doing it. But this made me fully transition. It just made me realize, like, holy shit, like, this is the sign. This is what's telling me I got to get out of this, and I have to do this, and I need to put my energy into this. And I know that if it wasn't for this situation, it'd probably be still dragging on a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And, you know, why? Because, you know, hey, you're making good money. It's, it's something we've always known. Um, we never have time to get around to the other stuff. And it's funny, but it's like we talk and we talk, we talk all the time. We talk to other people on our podcast and it's you need these moments sometimes. And I think in our lives to really create a new chapter and pathway towards something else that we've been wanting to do. Yeah. And that, that's a very valid point because you're right. If, if one good thing came 
from COVID. And yes, you've got 150,000 plus people dead right now in the country. And there's all that sort of stuff. Uh, that's horrible. So like, I feel, I feel for those families, you know, I I feel for those families and people that couldn't say goodbye and all that. And my father-in-law's friend has been on basically life support for three months and his wife wasn't able to see him. So that all that stuff is absolutely horrible. So I I don't want to minimize that by any means, but it, but any time in history where there was something bad, whether it's nine 11 or somebody going to war, people come back and they, they, they assess their lives and they think about, Holy shit. Like this, this is life is short. So what have I been doing? So the positive thing, and you see this all the time on social media and and people talking about is how can I reassess my life right now? How can I use this huge negative for positive? So same thing for me. I was like, I just, I'm going to jump and hopefully I swim. And if I don't, I have that support system around me and I put these things in place, but I didn't take it lightly. I just didn't be like, Hey, on Wednesday, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to decide to stop training on Thursday. I'm ripping the bandit off. This was a three and a half month decision where I had to have those conversations. And if you're married, have the conversation with your husband, wife, partner, whatever, huge, make sure they're on board. And then everybody else around you, because it's not just affecting my wife. It's not just affecting my son. It's affecting my in-laws. It's affecting my extended family because, you know, there's, there's everything that trickles down. It's that snowball effect. So I had the conversation. I talked with my wife first and I talked to my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my mom, my dad, my sisters to think like, what if they think that this made sense? And they all said the same thing. Even my clients I sent out a mass text to my clients and they're all like, we've been waiting for this. It's your time. You need to do this. So people, even though like they may have not have told you, they feel it and they're expecting some sort of big change, especially if you've been working with them for five, 10. I mean, some people have been working for 14, 15 years. You know, so that change, um, sometimes you just got, sometimes you get, there was a book I read called Ready, Fire, Aim. I can't remember the author, but sometimes people wait until they can hit that bullseye. But sometimes you just got to pull the fucking trigger. Yep. And aim later. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah, we did that. I mean, you know, we had been talking about starting this podcast for, you know, maybe a year before yeah. we started it, you know? And again, like, like Anthony was saying, it's just, you know, every time we'd be like, okay, we're, we're going to have a little bit of time, something would come up and something else would come up and some, you know, and then something, and then I would have, I would get more clients or he would get more clients and then, you know, it'd be like, oh, well, we don't have enough time to do this. And when COVID hit, we were just like, all right, well. We got all the time in the world, you know, like better do it now, better start it now, you know, and then we'll figure it out later. And, and the rest has been history, you know, and everything has been great, but I feel like kind of, kind of off of what you were talking about, people get in their own heads where they start second guessing these, you know, moments in their lives where they do have to make a split decision and kind of trust in themselves i i feel at least like with the conversations i've had with some of my own friends who are now you know either been furloughed or or lost their jobs and they're like well i don't know should i start my own thing should i go back to the corporate world i'm like listen you know there's no one in, in my own personal thought process there's no one that i would bet on or trust more in than my own self you know like yeah. i'm i'm always going to believe in the things that i do and if it doesn't work out then you know anthony's mentioned this many times on the podcast too like you know, it's just a learning experience if, if it's a failure, right? Like we, we far too often, I feel like, you know, allow the thought, pro- the thoughts of others or how someone's going to think about us if we fail or, you know, what if, what if it's not the success I think it's going to be, but it's still pretty successful and it might lead me towards another business venture that's really going to take off. Or like you were talking about with your free time, like, you know, being able to spend more time with your kid. Anthony with his daughter, you know, like all of those things are positives that you don't necessarily add into the equation when you're making these decisions about, you know, betting on yourself or going in a different direction. So I kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, did you have, do you have a a similar uh, mindset? And I mean, you know, you're obviously very successful and you've done a lot of good, not only for yourself, but your, your one-on-one clients and those that follow you on uh, social media platforms and have seen you on TV and everything. Uh, do you have a similar mindset where like, okay, you know, like no matter what, you know, I'm going to always, you know, put the ball in my court and, and take the risk or, you know, how does, how does that process lay out for you? Yeah, for me. So 
I'm an Aquarius by nature. So February 10th is my birthday. Um, so you guys can send me early birthday <laughs> gifts. <laughs> but, so always send me. I don't know if you want the birthday well, we, gifts that got, Mendez sends out, man. I've gotten a couple of those already. And... <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you know, like, so for me, I, I used to just, I'm a dreamer and I love that I'm a dreamer, but at the same time, it's got me in a ton of trouble. Like when I did my TED talk, it was called Like Me, Follow Me on Brandy. And I talked about how I spent more on social media marketing and advertising than I spent on five years of college. Wow. And yes, five years of college. So I was 30 something thousand dollars because I did all this sort of stuff and marketing and doing whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then when I put that, my wife's like, you spent $30,000. And I'm like, she's like, that affects us too. I'm like, no, no, it's my business. And she's like, but it's our money. And like, you know, I was like, whoa, okay. So then that was one of the big like slap, slaps in the face. I'm like, okay, I need to start. I can't just jump all the time. So for me, yeah, I started assessing these things. And, you know, as I said, when COVID happened, I'm like, okay, I need, I need to take things step by step. I need to have my process. And before I would just get in this kind of depressive funk and really just not tell anybody about it. But now like when I'm not feeling good, I'm open about it. Okay. I'm having a bad day today, whether it's my wife or whoever. So they know that it's not them. They didn't do something. So one, I, I acknowledge it. I absorb, however I'm feeling, I'm, I, I absorb it. Then from there, like, okay, how long are these feelings going to, this is, this is momentary. Okay. So maybe it's in an hour, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, a week later. Is, is that feeling still there? How am I feeling? Have I talked about for years getting out of training? Yes, I have. Am I going to miss my clients? Yes. Did a client just call me up and say, he wants to pay me $200 an hour? Yes. But I made that decision. I thought about it. So I'm going through this whole thing and just pros and cons. And I had to write everything down. So I looked at the pro and cons list. And a huge pro to talk about, Josh, is my son. I got to see him grow up in a way I've never got to see him before. Normally, I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. I'll train six or seven clients. Maybe I'll come home for an hour or two. Often he's napping during that time. Then my wife would like do whatever she needs to do and have her hour or two. Then I'll go back to work until seven or eight o'clock at night. And I wouldn't see him. And for the first few weeks when I was home, he would get up and he'd run. He'd say, Baba, Baba's home, Baba's home, which Baba in Greek is dead. And I was like, holy crap, this is new to him because I'm not home normally. So that right there is worth its weight in gold. And that's when I started realizing, man, I always said like, oh, I don't want to move to the suburbs of Chicago. I don't want to do this. And we used to live in the suburbs. And if, even if I trained people out there, I could only charge half the price or whatever. But you know what? Yeah, maybe I'm only charging 100 bucks in the suburbs instead of 200 downtown. But for me to have five, six hours with my son every day and get to see him grow up during, during the times of your life where you've got, where your brain can absorb the most and remember the most. We learn the most from zero to three than in the entire time of our extended adult life. These two and a half. So his first memories, I want his memories to be, I remember my dad being home. I remember him working out with my mom. I rem remember him with Yaya and Papu. I remember that. He's not going to remember being in house for COVID, but he's going to remember when his dad was home. And that is huge. And so the $100,000 that I lost this year from not being able to travel, you know, I calculated it. It hurt when I did that calculation. But how much is it worth that time for me being able to see my son and spend the time with my wife and get to know her better? So that, to circle back to answer your question, man, yeah, there, there is no price on that. And yes, we need to make money and we need to have a roof over our head. We need to pay the bills and all that sort of stuff. But if you can get by and have that time with the people that truly follow you and that you influence, influence besides like... I'm an influencer. What the fuck does that mean? I sell you fit own. tees and waist trainers and herbal life. Yeah. So like, who do you influence in your life? Right. In your tangible life, you can touch, you can feel those fucking people that you talk to the people that it's midnight and you're feeling bad and you text them. Yes. It's great to have all these followers and stuff on social media, but the people that you influence, we can't forget about. So Josh, like that, yes, I do that. And I used, I didn't do that when my son was born. Like I need to work. I took, I was having seven jobs when he was first born. Wow. Cause I just thought I need to make Crazy. all this money and pile up all this money, but never got to see him. 
Mm-hmm. And that took a toll. My wife didn't get as much of a breather. I've got an amazing mother-in-law who lived with us for months on end. But for like kids need their both parents. I definitely so, agree, man. And I appreciate you sharing that because uh, definitely, you know, in, in, in areas now, and I know, and I know that, you know, with, with stuff that I'm doing and I'm, you know, luckily I'm still busy, but just the fact of me being able to work from home mm-hmm. um, where I can, if I wanted to have an hour break, I can take that hour break with my little one or have my lunch with my little one, um, you know, and be able to just manage my time in a way that I can still have time for her, for my family. I think that's the beauty of discovery through this time and also realization that something I realized was, for example, like you, if if you're tied down in something that you feel that you don't want to be part of anymore, you're in control. And I tell people all the time is, and we've mentioned it a few times in the podcast is you can't control what's going on on there, but you can control what you're doing. And that is the most powerful thing. So if you want more time with your family, if you want a job that that allows you to have more time with your family and still do well and be able to be home or whatever it is you want to do, you're capable of doing that. You know, and I think it's just a, a lot of it has to do too where it's where you put your energy into and that's what you're going to see prosperity come out of. So, you know, I think it's, it's amazing that you share that because for a lot of people out there who have, you know, jobs where you know they're experiencing high levels of stress or you know dabbling in between multiple jobs like you did um i know i had that too there's always ways out even without the pandemic being in place there's always ways Mm -hmm. to shift that it's just telling yourself you can do this and then start looking for a different route for yourself and figuring out well what can i do that can give me this kind of freedom that i want um, not just financially, but in general, in all aspects of life. And I think when we can start looking at things differently like that, and we can start putting our energy into things like that, I think it'll come into fruition. And and, and that's one um, one thing I believe about is wherever you put your mind and time and energy into, that's what it's going to be able to flourish later on down the road. So I, I appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure there's a lot of people on here that this will definitely help them to start thinking differently and start realizing as well you know, areas in their life that they feel that, you know what, I need to change this. This is more important. This is what I really want. This is what I need to make happen for me. Uh, This is the true life I want to live. Yeah, for sure. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit in your career uh, back to, you know, the moment or moments, right? When you really knew that you had something special uh, with training, right? Whether it be, you know, with your TV uh, appearances or, even training people online and in person, like was there that aha moment that you had where you're like, okay, like this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is the right path for me to be successful, you know, not only monetarily, but also, you know, professionally with your network, with your interactions with people, the ability to grow and learn as you, as you get older. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. So, when I, as most trainers, they start with a big box gym, right? So I was at a, a gym called Crunch, which there's a couple still around. I yeah, think. there's a couple down here still. They're still um, so yeah, there was like six or eight in Chicago when they closed down. But so I was with a gym called Crunch for a couple months. Then I went to a gym called David Barton, which was in Miami for that. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that closed down. At the game. So, yeah. 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 It was. A, a How nice long were you down there. here? A nightclub. <laughs> no, I, was in, I was in Miami. I was in uh, Chicago was there. Oh, in Chicago. I, gotcha. I guess their, their flagship location. So I was with them for a while there. I, I left before they went bankrupt and there was all sorts of interesting practices why that happened. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I was at, uh, Barton, there was a trainer there. I, there was two trainers that were my mentors. And when I was there, man, I had like matching hat, matching headband, matching <laughs> you know, like matching laces. I, I had three, three armbands for some reason, on nice. one arm and one on the other arm. <laughs> nice. JT back on the uh, back of my shirt, like the stereotypical douchebag trainer. I was 220, I was 220 pounds jacked. My Yo. eyebrows were overly like, it was, anyways. So yeah. When, when people say douchebag trainer, that, that was me. So I would love so, to yeah. see some photos of that. You got to throw <laughs> those up that. on the ground. I, I, 
<laughs> he's like, oh, so yeah, he's like, I burned right. those. No, remember, yeah. remember, he's not training yeah. anymore. Ah, he's, yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah. He's TBT, done with that though. Right, right. That'd be good TVTs. <laughs> Flashbacks. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, even even back then when I didn't know shit, and I thought I knew everything. And the moment when you don't know anything is the moment you think you know everything. Fair. I had a boss tell me that at one point. I'm like, wow, that's very profound. So I was, I was working with people and regardless, I just knew that I would beat the crap out of them. And as most trainers, you try to make them throw up, whatever, make them feel out of shape. Yeah, only if they show up late. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, like the first year of training, like I would just try to kick the crap out of people, regardless of programming or not. Like mm-hmm. you have a professional athlete come in, you have anybody do sprints and jump squats for an hour. They're going to be Fuck. dead. They're going to feel like they're out of shape. Yep. I'm so, throw, I would throw up off of that for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was a dick. So yeah. um, aren't we know, all I, at times I would be, I'd be training people. And there was this guy named Eugene Thomas, who's still a good friend of mine and Marcus Warren. Eugene Thomas was a Chicago bears trainer with Lovey Smith. And Marcus Warren was Mr. Australia 2002. So these guys knew their stuff. And both of them came up to me and they kind of took me under their wing. And they're like, your attention to detail. And even when somebody's like squatting, I'm on my knees and I'm watching everything that's going on, even if I didn't know biomechanically what was going on. And they're coming up to me like, you've got something. I've never seen somebody like focus so much in the session. And there could be hundreds of people in the gym and I was focusing on that. I'm like, wow, this is kind of what I was meant to do. And then I went out on my own and people are like, well, you're, you're completely different. You're different. You're different. I'm like, well, I, I didn't think I was different, but people are telling me I was different. And they're like, what kind of trainer are you? I'm like, well, what kind of trainer do you need? Like, am I, are you like Jillian Michaels or yelling at people? I'm like, do you, do you need me to yell at you? I'll yell at you. If you come in and you're like, what the fuck did you eat this weekend? Like, you're a look like a bloated mess. Some <laughs> people will, you know, some people will thrive on that. Like, oh my God, I did. But some people would cry. So sometimes you need to hold someone's hand. Sometimes you need to kick them in the ass. And I realized, so for me, my intuition in reading the individual was what started setting me apart. And then I started, I started training some local Chicago celebrities and then chef Art Smith who was on top chef masters. He was Oprah chef, all sorts of stuff. And then I kept saying that people saying, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. So finally I decided to write a book. I decided in October to write it and I finished it in January, which is crazy. So I wrote that and then it got picked up by t- the today show. I flew out to New York for seven weeks in a row on Fridays. Then, uh, then I did another today show segment Then I had Harry Connick jr. Five times live with Kelly and Ryan. Then I got my own Facebook watch series and it sort of snowballed from there. And then I started doing all this sort of stuff on camera and um, getting opportunities like how I met Anthony, like hosting high rocks and then doing mixed fitness and just all these sorts of things and realizing I didn't have enough belief in myself in the beginning, but everybody else that had the belief for me helped lift me up. And that's when I knew I was meant to do what I was, what I was doing and what I'm doing right now. So even though I'm not training people in person, doesn't mean I'm not in the fitness and health industry. Then I got this opportunity to sign the podcast deal in Fatter Future with Himalaya Podcast Network. And then I just came out with Diet Crash Course with Himalaya. We're doing 20 of the most popular diets in the world and some that you haven't heard of. And so they're paying me for that. And then all of these opportunities started coming along. And then along the line of my network of people throughout the years, you know, like I ran into Anthony like one time and then we started talking on Instagram. And then we, we started talking online and then all these people that you can connect. And as a personal trainer and a fitness expert, you have the biggest Rolodex in the world. Oh, that's yeah, right. I say that all the time. We talk about that Huge. all the time. Probably all the bigger time. than Huge. some of the, bigger yeah. than some of the big people, you know? Yeah. I right. mean, we, we have friends all the time. They're like, how the fuck do you know that person? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just, just be happy that I know him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't fuck so it up for me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's about relationship building, whether it's fitness industry yep. or anything else. And it is, it, it's who you know, but how you treated those people. Yes. So mm-hmm. if I don't talk to you guys for five years and I send you a note five years down the line and I've got an opportunity or something, you're like, man, that guy's cute came out of a podcast. He was appreciative of whatever. Then you're more likely to jump on that because I didn't ask you for anything. Yep. I started training these movie stars and Terrence Howard, Wumi Masaku, and then HBO would call me up when they're filming a movie in Chicago. I'm like, how did you hear from me? Like, well, hap- you happened to do a show called Windy City Live in Chicago, and there was an intern there. You talked to the intern and had a conversation with the intern. And all the other celebrities that were going on the show, like Mark Burnett was on the same show I was. And um, 
survivor and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yep. Uh, the, so legend. I, I, yeah. Yes. So I was, ta- I was talking to the intern and she had a clipboard. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm an intern. I'm like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like, where are you going to school? Mm-hmm. That two minute conversation. Then she got a job with empire with Fox. She was standing by Terrence Howard's agent or somebody. And they were asking if they knew any trainers in Chicago. And she's like, actually Joe. Louis Thurman. I met him two years ago. He talked to me for two minutes on a TV show and I was an intern and that hurt. She dropped my name. I started training him and then HBO will call me and all sorts of stuff when movie stars are in Chicago from that two minute conversation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable how that happens, right? It's like, you know, sometimes when you think like one door closes or, you know, something is not going to open and you're, you kind of take like a, a complete 90 degree right turn. It leads right. you to, to some remarkable areas, but you got to have those leaps of faith, you know, and, and those, those little conversations and exactly what you're talking about, like the way you treat people is huge, oh, yeah. you know, like, and that doesn't mean that you need to be a giant pushover either. Right. Like sometimes sure. you got to be able to put your foot down and understand, like, you know, if I have a business to run and I need you to pay me, like you gotta, you know, you gotta pay, you gotta pay me, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. but they, like you said, like you, you don't necessarily have to be a dick all the time in order to right. be able to, you know, be successful. Exactly. Yeah. Believe and, me, I'm a dick, but yeah. <laughs> so, oh, he'll tell you, he'll tell you all, all about it. No, but it's so true, man. Like, look, at the end of the day, and we, it somehow comes into play with practically everybody we get on our podcast. We either talk about who's in your circle, who you're building relationships, who is your team, who are you connected with, who are your five friends, you know, so it always gets brought up. And I think it's just to show everybody that it is true. It's who, it's how you connect with people. It's who you have in your circle, who's in your space. And then something important that, like you mentioned, you know, one thing that I always do is I treat everybody the same. And I treat everybody how I want to be treated. I don't care. I don't care if you're the janitor, if you're the intern, like you said, if you're the this, you're the that. I'm gonna treat everybody the same because at the end of the day, like that's how you would have. That's how you want to be treated. That's how you would have want to be treated back then as well when you first started. Mm-hmm. And you never know who that person might be one day, you yeah. know. And that that's positioned you to be have a big opportunity because that one day came when she was already in a bigger position. She mentioned right. you. And it's funny because I've had little moments like that too. And I'm sure Josh as well, but it's just those, those things that I feel like sometimes people don't just act, you know, out of reaction or, or not without thinking. And it's like, let me take a step back and realize like, this is a person. This is somebody who has a, a life ahead of them. This is somebody who you don't know who where they might go in life. This is somebody you can even help at the moment. Maybe they're struggling with something currently in their life. Like just be a human to human, you know. And I think that's the most important part is when you can keep that human to human interaction and you could just be real and genuine with everybody. You're gonna have these opportunities and these wins, you know, down down the road for your life, and you're gonna be able to experience all these new things coming to fruition. And you know. The fact that you said that, you know, I think it can really show and prove people that you're a living, you know, testament and truth to the fact of what you've been able to do and how you've been able to connect with people through the fact that, you know, you have these relationships and you continue to build these relationships in a right way, you know, in a positive way, in a in, in a way of human connection, in yep. straight up human connection and just being real. So I appreciate you sharing that. Did you uh did you go to school for exercise science or what'd you get your degree in? You said no, you were in college for five years. Yeah. So I so, that Van Wilder uh, life. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, when I was in uh, <laughs> if my wife listens to this, I gotta be careful. So <laughs> yeah. I, it's like hold on. I graduate yeah, I graduated high school in 01, graduate and then uh, graduated college in 06. So I, I went into college and I knew I wanted to play hockey. So started playing hockey. Then I was a business major. Then I was a criminal justice major. Then I was a, I, they didn't have a uh, law major at the time. So I, I did a, it's like liberal studies. So it was a lot of philosophy and poli sci. Cause I was going to take the LSAT back then. They didn't have exercise science. Where did you go? Really? Uh, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Okay. So, so now like the only thing was kinesiology, which back mm-hmm. then, if you were doing kinesiology, you were a PE teacher. That was about it. Right. So that that's the closest thing. And now exercise science is any in any booming. major yeah. university, yeah, it's right? It's huge. So if I would have known about exercise science or maybe I would have done like physiology or something, then sure. But back then I'm like, I don't know. So my senior year, I ended up running into a physiology professor and they just started a personal training program at okay. the um, facility. 
And SIUE at the time was a D2 school. Now they're D1. It's a big school right by St. Louis. And he's like, hey, you, sh- you should take my personal training course this semester. And it didn't work out with my schedule, but he said, all right, why don't you do an understudy training with me? So I just did this understudy program with him and I kind of went through training with him and then just wrote a paper. But they don't ever, now they do, but when you got tr- certified as a trainer, they don't teach you how to train people. No, not well, at all. Ca- I yeah, mean, kind of right. now they do, kind of. Now they do, now they do. And then now they might say like, here's Depending how you run you a session, to- here's right. how that. But back then it was, Here's sets and reps and right. maybe energy systems mm-hmm. and go. You know, they, they didn't teach like biomechanics or limb length or anything like that. They just, they didn't know about it. So for right. me, it was a lot of just learning as I went. So surrounding myself with those like Eugene, the Bears trainer and Marcus, you know, and, I, and just surrounding myself with that. And then I, you know, did this program through David Barton, where it was kind of like a CSCS and just started mm-hmm. studying. So now I've got, I don't know, so many initials behind my name. I don't know what the hell they, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember, you know, all of them. Like I just got my, I stopped, I stopped putting all the certifications yeah. on all my stuff. I was like, you know, just, uh, yeah, just a couple CSCS and, and the masters yeah. and that's all. Yeah. I just got my corrective exercise specialist while during COVID. I'm like, wait a minute, I can't touch people now. So, you know, like, so it's still great for biomechanics and knowing like injury and stuff, but like, so normally I would stick my elbow in your glute right now and we'd yeah. release this and we'd activate this. So now I'm not going to touch you, but get a foam roller. Like, so it's really interesting trying to figure that out. So, um, I took a, a path of just kind of getting through college to play hockey. And I definitely had my Van Wilder times. Um, and then, yeah, um, Mendes could tell you some stories that I've told him yeah. too. It's, uh, <laughs> it's always interesting. I mean, Dude, in college, I was, I got up to 240 pounds. Wow. Big boy. I'm 6'3". Imagine that on the, on skates. Brick shithouse. I was, I was was so big. Oh, dude. I was so big when I would cut, I'd break the steel on my blades. Mm. Shit. Multiple times a season. How many fights? Oh, so. Were you the enforcer? Who was the enforcer? No, no, I was no, I was, I was actually, um, I was actually a captain of my senior year. Okay. Um, I, I, I got lots of penalties. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, but I had like 30 goals on defense and like, I wow. did very well for myself. Uh, but there was a time where I did, I, I didn't know anything about training. So in between my second and third year of college, I put on like 20 pounds in the summer and I came in a mini camp with my buddy who was an all American and we're just in jeans and 90 degree weather and tank tops and tan. And, you know, and my, our coach is like, uh, what did you guys do? And like animal pack. Yeah. We did, uh, we did a lot of that and I didn't even train on the ice. So all of a sudden I've got 20 pounds on my frame, but I didn't step on the ice in three months. So what do you think is going to happen? Like a baby deer. so it took me like two months through mini camp and everything and coach Mm. was like i really hope you get your legs back because dude so like you know i didn't know i just did i just thought like being big was good but 240 was about 30 pounds too heavy for a hockey player yeah for sure that's That's a that's that's a a big that's a big boy on skates (laughs) that's a big boy so i was like like six 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 six, seven and and literally I, i was i was such a just a a fucking meathead where our law, our, our team locker room was you know, three or four locker rooms in front of the way team. So I'd put all my, my equipment and I'd tan and I'd go and stretch shirtless by the board. So when the other team would walk in, <laughs> yes. they'd see this guy. Yes. I'm like, oh my God. That was me. Oh, that's um, great. That's so anyways, good. We, we and then a few years after that, year, you yeah. invested 30 something thousand on social media. Yeah. yeah then I invested to, fly, <laughs> to flex on the gram. To flex on the gram, baby. <laughs> Flexing on the ice to the gram. <laughs> yeah, and lost 30 pounds and started modeling for a while and yeah there you go so you got a lot of my bio there yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. we gotta you, you this man has done it all literally <laughs> this man has done it all so uh, so what's around. next what's next for joey thurman so yeah um i'm mean, to plug myself you know um we love plugs so yeah yep, you know feel free uh, Fatter Future Podcasts every Thursdays available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I, I'm doing that like every single week. There'll be an episode Amazing. throughout the entire year. Um, 
diet crash course just came out on Himalaya. So whether it's keto or maybe you want to do an uh, autoimmune or West, Western A price or all sorts of different things, um, you can learn about that. I think it's like 10 bucks, like for the whole thing on, oh, that's on great. Himalaya. Uh, if you go to Joy Thurman Fit, I've got links to all this. My custom app just shot, you know, a couple of weeks ago. That'll come out in about three months, where it's complete AI technology. Where I did 400 exercises in two days. Woo, holy crap! Yeah, holy woo. shit, man! I'm, i That's never, brutal. That's that brutal. Even, yeah, they've that's never brutal. had anyone do that before. So like green screen everything. So like, if I want to work out at Mykonos or whatever, like they could put that in Sick. there. But I did 400 exercises. Was bands, dumbbells, barbell. Um, body weight intervals ladder, and I can program this in. Where if it says you've got, say, hey, I've got 20 minutes, and all I have is a band and one dumbbell, and I go in the back end and I programmed all this ahead of time. And if it's you want to do legs, I say, oh, there's got to be two posterior movements, and there's got to be one stability, one mobility, and two compound. In that 20 minutes, the software will program that workout for mm. you in 20 minutes. Automatically. And then me me talking about the exercises and you're listening to Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. That's awesome. So uh, that'll come out in about a few months. I, I've got a working title. It, we'll, we'll see. It, um, Jack by Joey. How, how'd you feel? <laughs> how'd you feel after that? Dude, I was cramping something. The first day I did 232 exercises. I did People don't realize how hard that is. Dude, People oh, like yeah. filming we get harder, we murder filming each other. Is harder than we, the actual Cuz like you got to go you got to go you got to be a 10 out of a 10 yeah. out of 10. I always say, yeah. he's always like, "Oh, let's shoot another one." I'm like, "Bro, no, I'm a one take <laughs> no. type of guy. We're yeah. going to go ham for 60 seconds <laughs> and then that's it. We got to move on. We got to yeah. yeah, it's brutal. Every one of them had to be at least 20 seconds mm-hmm. for the way the software is set up. Yeah. I did 11 and a half hours of actual exercises Fuck. Wow! in Fuck. two days. I was sore for five days. I was little, my quad was cramping. I'm like, like trying to do a hip you're, airplane. You're coming, di- right. dying of sweat. You're, you're coming shit. home. Yeah. You're coming home. Your son's all excited. You're like, not, not today. Yeah. Dude, not today. Like, I hate looking at, I hate looking at like the, you know, the, the last couple of videos. I'm like, you look like a fucking wreck. Like you, you look like you just got hit by a truck. I mean, yeah. Try to do like a hip airplane or stability after doing 70 posterior. Brutal. Think about how many exercises you can do just with a bar and dumbbells. I did all legs. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm going to shoot stability. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, but dude, it was, it was great. Like 400 exercises in two days. Most of the time they get, they send maybe 300 out of people. Mm -hmm. And for me and back to like, I had to seize that opportunity. Yeah. So I was there for two days. I knew I was quarantining for two weeks. And even though it was only an hour and a half away in Wisconsin where I was filming from Chicago, I thought I'm here now. Let me do it and do it right. So I don't have to come back again. That's right. Yeah. So I will add more to it when right. it comes out and whatever, October or whenever it comes out. But like I wanted to get it in and do as much as I could. And then I'll have to re- record voiceovers and all sorts right. of stuff with the exercises. But I mean, that um, I'm really looking forward to moving, spending time with my family, online coaching. Um, I've got some other stuff potentially in the works. I used to do a lot of hosting, um, but we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see about that. I've got some people in LA that are pitching me for some TV shows, but you know, that Great. shit like, you know, 10 years ago, I used to get excited about that. I'm going to be on a TV show, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was one of the only people uh, considered for Revenge Body that didn't live in LA for season two. Oh. You know, they didn't, they didn't pick me because I said, you need to pay me. And all the other trainers looked at LA. <laughs> so it yeah. makes sense though. Like if you're training, right. and you're on a TV show and you live in that, you know, if they're filming in Miami, you're going to be fine because you still have clients and you can just go film for a couple hours yeah. and go back home. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, I need to take off three Definitely. months. So you need to pay me. So like I've been considered for a lot of those things, but you know, I'm not going to get excited about that until I get paperwork sent to me. I mean, even my Facebook show, which calls what was called home sweat home. We shot six or seven episodes and this was before it's time before Quibi and stuff. And it was seven to 10 minute long episodes, which is very short. But now like that's people's attention span, right? It got renewed for 20 episodes and I didn't know this. And then the Russian scandal happened with Facebook and then they pulled funding from everything. I found this out a year later. They renewed for 20 episodes and it was like, holy shit. Because wow. the producer finally told me, he's like, I didn't want to tell you right away, but now I can tell you because it's been a year. So like, yeah, it's great to have those opportunities and people talk about that. But, you know, until it's tangible and I've got that paperwork or DocuSign in front of me, then I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get overly excited about it. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me and what's the low hanging fruit. If you need money, yep. what's low hanging, right? What can you grab? What can you eat right now? 
Those and training checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how, how do you water that tree and continue it to grow? And then, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can grab that fruit that's a little bit higher up. Right. No, I love everything you said, man. Um, and just something that I'm curious about. So I want to see where your, where your mind is and what you're thinking further down the road. Where, where do you see health and fitness going to? And um, where do you feel that people should put some of their attention? That's talking about fitness professionals. Mm-hmm. Where do you think some of these fitness professionals should be putting their attention and energy into? One, stop doing things for free. Love it. Wait, can you say that again? Say that three. Say that three more times, please. Yes. Say that three more times. Stop doing things for fucking free. Yes. Stop putting shit out all there. Stop doing all these free workouts. I need some new pants. (laughs) Stop doing things for free. Because would you ask anybody else? Would you ask anybody else to work for free? No. No. Why? Does do fitness professionals have to do that for free? Yes, I get it. Like you want to do a collaboration, like Anthony and I want to do a live workout. Fine. We, yeah. we share followers. We do that. That's fine. But like, Hey, I'm doing a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, free live workout. Now you're insane. Why? Yeah. Now you got to ch- then three months down the road when you don't have any money. And those people have been saving money because they've been working out for free and they've been saving $300 a month on their gym membership. Right. And you're asking for money. Now they're like, wait, you want $5 from me? I can't yeah. afford that. Well, and it's, cra- know, so- it's, it's crazy too. Cause it's the same people are like, well, I have this new program out too. It's like, they're never going to buy your program. If you're giving away three, for- nope. you're giving away a program every, yeah. every other week. Like, what do you, yeah. you know, you like know, you're, uh, I heard this quote, I think it was from Brandon Farbstein, um, who's a three foot nine full grown 20 year old man. He's got this rare form of uh, dwarfism. He's wrote a book called 10 feet tall, brilliant kid. And he said, you're, Yes will never be as powerful until you learn how to say no, Uh which is huge because you can say no for doing things for free. And I get this all the time. And I'm sure you guys get these messages. Hey, do this workout class. I've got this software. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, equity in a company. Yeah. Equity, equity, it doesn't pay for <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, I'll let you, I'll give you a 20% discount on this, uh, yep. this, right. this shitty Theragun. Yeah. Like, so, no. Yep. no. So you want me to buy something from you so right. you can make money because your right. markup is a thousand percent. No, I'm good. Yeah. So stop, stop doing things for free. That That's huge. You got to know your value, Love right? That. So, and how do you assess your value? So for me, I actually lost money when I was doing the Today Show live with Kelly and Ryan, all that sort of stuff. People think, well, wow, you're, you're getting paid to do that. No, you don't get paid to go on national TV. Maybe you're lucky if they fly you out. Luckily they flew me out. They got my car service, all that. How many millions of people would do that for free? Go on TV. So yes, I'm in front of four or 5 million people. Now all of a sudden that establishes my value. Right. So my value is, hey, author, this influencer, all these check marks, today's show, live with Kelly and Ryan. Now when I do a speaking event, whenever we can do that again in person, now they're like, oh, we want to hire you for this. Okay, it's $2,000 for the hour. Yep. Oh, well, that's more than we thought. Like, fine, I'll refer you to somebody else. Not only want you. Why? Because they saw me on TV. They saw that. So that established my value. So I didn't get paid for doing the TV, but that established the ancillary income. So that you can will get come paid later. Yeah. So, exactly. So you establish that value. And then where is the fitness industry heading? People are always going to work, want to work out with a person in, uh, with a personal trainer in person. Mm-hmm. But right now, obviously that's much more difficult. So how, how do you make a shift until hopefully things get better? Yes, you want to start doing things online, but maybe you can do it. Like maybe you can train somebody outside one day. Maybe you can go and tr- socially distance train them and then write them a program. How can you make that money and charge a little bit more? It's going to be hard for you to charge $200 an hour via a FaceTime session. But maybe you say, okay, it's $200 for the FaceTime session, but you know what? You can text me at any time of the day. You're going to a restaurant. You don't know what to eat. Send me a note. I'll look at the menu for you. So you're just establishing that value. So they're paying for your time. So mm-hmm. that's how you make money. You can either get more clients or you can get more money from your same clients. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then, you know, online is going to be huge. There's going to be a bunch of different stuff coming out. Um, you know, whether it's Peloton, Mix Fitness, Code Joey to get $150 off. Fitness. <laughs> Which if you if you buy a mixed fitness bike, I get a hundred bucks. So Woo! go ahead and buy that. It's a thousand dollars cheaper than Peloton. So a Peloton mixed fitness, tonal, mirror. There's something something called coming out called Vitruvian from Australia, which is mm-hmm. super cool. You're gonna see all this sort of stuff. And then people working out in garages and all sorts of things. I think the big gyms 
Oh, they're, they're going to be less and less. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. Yeah. You're not going to have a hundred thousand square foot gym, like a lifetime and stuff. Maybe they're surviving because a couple, of the pool and maybe a suburbs, couple. You know? Yeah. Maybe they'll survive, but it's just like what happened with retail, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. People are, Amazon is, is killed a bunch yep. of stuff. And, right. and we, with technology, we're forced to adapt. Uber, taxi drivers, sorry, it sucks, but this is what That's happens. What it is. So how do you adapt? So just having the adaptability. And if you want to be in fitness, look and see what people are doing. Follow and copy the successful people. Go yep. ahead. There's, it's fine. The biggest form of flattery is imitation. Yeah. So what can you do that is similar to them? And at the same time, what can you do that just slightly differentiates yourself? And that right there will just help set you up for the future and just really be aware and kind of, kind of have and, and research things. I agree. Research man. is huge. I you know, agree. just back your shit up. Yeah, dude. No, I think, I, I, uh, you, you really, you really hit it on the, the nail on the head because you know, all those things, the, these are things that, especially now during these times to, to really start paying attention to. And I think it's, it's an opportunity for us to be creative um, in, in different ways and to start testing things out and experiment, you know, um, you, you definitely want to see and find out what works for you, what isn't working for you, and then move forward with that and not be mm-hmm. scared to try things out. Brother, I, I really appreciate everything you shared today. Um, I know it's practically like an hour, so we, we've been rambling on. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't believe it. Um, I keep going. I yeah, oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. We, we keep going yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but then Jenny will kill me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But dude, man, we love you, Jenny. We, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, baby. I have to say it. Um, but yeah, brother, I appreciate, man. Yeah, you know, thank you so much and, for coming. And on. You, you well, having this you. much experience in the field, and you know, just the passion. I, I just, you know, you speaking with this passion, you can really tell that you're somebody who wants to keep moving forward. You know, keep adapting, and really, you know, educate everybody out there with your story and what's coming out in the future. So I really appreciate that as well. Um, are there any latest new things that you want to you know mention real quick on here was it those things that you mentioned anything else before we wrap things up i mean no you know if you guys you guys want to check me out joey thurman fit instagram twitter facebook all that sort of stuff fatter future podcasts like do that but you know i've got i put all that stuff on social media but i think the one thing i want to leave people with is you know just focus on it those people in your life that really matter most and just take a breath and look at the silver lining in whatever negative thing that's happening, whether it's your you know wife, your kid, your partner, whatever, just look at that and focus on those people. Everything else will take care of itself. Love it. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I think you, um, you definitely answered the last question I ask every person on the podcast. I always ask, what's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to everybody? So you did exactly just that. And I appreciate your time, my brother. Yeah. Thank thank you for coming on, Joey. We really appreciate it. We can't wait for the next one. You know, hopefully, oh, yeah. uh, when things come down, calm down a little bit, maybe we'll bring you and the fam down and enjoy awesome. some of this, uh, Miami beach weather. Yeah, you know, I, I I was traveling a lot, and I was supposed to be in Miami. I don't know whatever the schedule was, Anthony, but uh, we'll see. Twenty twenty one may be different. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully it is. But whatever level of Jumanji we're heading into next, uh, just ride the wave and keep playing the game, guys. Yeah, hell yeah! All right, thanks, Joe. We love, appreciate brother. you coming on. All right, guys, cheers. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.